Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jeremy Marriott, and today on the show, we've got one of the most successful online entrepreneurs I know. Her name is Valerie Gamer, and she's going to now tell us all her story about business, family, and health. Hey, Val, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you for having me. Not a problem at all. I've been looking forward to having you on, actually. So for all our listeners out there, if you could just give them a little bit of insight into who you are and what you do. Yes, well, thank you once again for having me. My name is Valerie Gamer. I'm a mummy of two. I'm a wife. I've been with my gorgeous husband now, Sonny, for 17 years. And, uh, and really, what do I do in this beautiful world? I'm a food relationship coach. And for some people, they might think, well, what does that person do? Well, you know, food for me is just, it's energy, it's vitality, it's nourishment. And so many people have, number one, a real bad relationship with food. Number two, they don't have a relationship with food. And thirdly, has bad relationship of food has come down through their ancestors. And what I'm finding a lot with my clients is that they use food as um, to either bring them up, bring them down. And for me personally, on my own food journey, um, I have just learnt so much along the way. And, you know, I guess for me personally, I love to help people create a healthy relationship with food. It's something that we have to eat every day. Mm. Um, we don't eat food. Uh, you know, we simply, we die. So why not have a nourishing relationship with food and look at food in a beautiful way, not like, I just need to eat because it's lunchtime. Yeah. And I think when people understand what food can do in the body, it's amazing. So what got you started on this, this journey? Well, you know, I think if we go back to be really honest, Jeremy, to go back to when I was, I think, 18, 19, I had a really bad relationship with food. I got into the world of dieting, um, you know, counting calorie, calories mm. through Atkins diet and I just literally wrote down everything what I was eating and I lived on a 1200 calorie a day I have an addictive personality um, I over exercise I undernourished and it went so far I had an eating disorder I had bulimia and okay. I had it for a couple of years and um, I guess through that I realized that you know that just came down to very very low self-worth and what I mean is is that you know, when you put someone or something on a pedestal and you put yourself in the pit, you will look for something in the outside world. It might be food, it might be sex, it might be porn, it might be drugs, it might mm. be gambling, it might be anything to give you energy to pick you up because you've put yourself down in the pit. And I guess I didn't have a great relationship with my dad when I was younger. And I put him on the pedestal so far up that I put myself down in the pit. So to bring myself up to the medium, to, to in the middle as such, you know, I use food as, I guess, that energy, that quick fix. And, you know, being that age of 18, 19, wanting to be a size eight and wanted to do it really the cheap way, to be honest. And, yeah, I got into a really bad, toxic um I guess, life around that, um, you know, and the, the relationships that I had at the time, they didn't serve me well and I didn't use my voice enough and my self-worth really dropped. And the only thing that made me feel good was this eating disorder because I was in control because I'd mm. lost control all of my life. 
So I guess, you know, for me personally, um, it was my secret. It was something that only I had. It was something that I owned and no one could take it away from me. And I guess it wasn't until one day that um, my mum took me to a psychologist and the psychologist, uh, she didn't take it away from me. And, you know, what I mean by that, she said, well, you can purge on just two days a week. And instead of getting into fight or flight mode, I was like, oh, okay, I can just do two days. And eventually, Jeremy, to be honest, I grew out of it. And I'm so blessed because a lot of people, um, it can be a sickness that can just, I, I know that it's ruined some, some women's lives for years, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And what I realized from that is that food choices are just an extension of our emotional boundaries. And if we really get honest with ourselves, you know, you see even on TV or people go through a breakup, they have the heavy carbohydrates and they go for the ice cream or, you know, people need quick fixes to bring them up or bring them down. Mm, So my, I guess my emotional boundaries were so low that I used food to pick me up. And then for me, you know, food wasn't vitality. It wasn't nourishment. It wasn't replenishment. It was just like quick energy. So it, I didn't understand the difference between a beautiful nourishing bowl or say, I guess, you know, a can of, a can of V or can, a Red Bull or whatever. For me, it was just quick energy and I didn't care about the nutrients in it. Mm. Well, you live on a cycle like that. I mean, you were just always chasing the next high. Do you get what I mean? But for me, it was through, it was through food or it was through the excessive sugar that I was having. I was constantly chasing that. And then you just get to a point where you just think I'm sick of chasing. Yeah. I've got to acknowledge the problem. I've got to go within. That's the first step of the the 12 step program. First, you've got to acknowledge where you are. You've got to acknowledge where you are. Yeah. Do you find that it's, it's, it's still something that you have to fight off? No. No, I haven't had that now since I was, what, 22? You know, and I'm 41 this year. I had a really loving relationship with food. Um, I think for me personally, like I look at my whole holistic journey now, it's good 10 years on where it was 10 years ago to now, you know, I am a vegan, I am dairy wheat free, and that is something that's my personal choice. But for me personally, I love to have more raw food and more smoothies and Mm. salads and lots and lots of greens because that gives me vitality. You know, when I look at, say, a bowl of just pasta, I don't see nutrients in that. I see really low energy. I, I see constipation. I see bloating. I don't see the best version of me. But when I start my day with, say, a warm lemon drink and I know it's great for my kidneys and then I have a celery juice and then I have maybe a beautiful nourishing smoothie with, say, avocado and English spinach and half a banana or this or that, for me, that's life force. And for me, you know, to get through my day and do all of the little things that I have to do, I want to be the best version of me. I want my kids to see the best version of me. I want my husband to see the best version of me, my clients, my, my team, all my associates. And when I live a life of really low energy food, I just, I'm not great. 
I'm really not great. I just want to go to sleep. Yeah. I can't be bothered. The negative thinking kicks in, you know, the low self-worth kicks in. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Um, blame, shame and justify because it's never me. So, you know, for me, living a life of having more plants and, and really looking at food from a nourishment, vitality, how much, it's like a game, Jeremy. It's like, how many nutrients can I have today? How much water can I get into my body today? How many superfoods can I get in today? Because our, 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 our gut is our second brain. So I want to magnify my gut system. I want to turn my intuition on. And having dead food and wheat and gluten and foods that just don't turn me on, I mean, I just, it's just for me, I don't see anything good about that. Mm -hmm. And I just think, you know, where can I really turn my intuition on? Where can I really be the best version of me? And, and for me, plants is healing. Plants is medicine. Um, yeah, that's, I guess that's me in a, in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> Well, you always seem to have a boundless energy. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely confirm that. And I know you work, <laughs> you work like 14, 15 hours a day at least uh, on your stuff. Have you found it's made much of an impact to your uh, social group of friends? Did you find when you changed, people started falling away or you started spending less time with those people? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I think when you go on a spiritual journey, whatever journey it might be, a healing journey, an inner child journey, or an awakening, whatever it is, it's natural that the person that you were when maybe you drunk, you smoke, and you went out and had a good time, when you start to go on a different journey, you know, things that you thought were funny aren't so funny anymore. Uh, things that you thought were cool aren't so cool anymore. And I had to really realise that it's not them and it's not me. I've just grown in a different perspective. Yeah, like and you become more conscious. I become so much more conscious, Jeremy. Yeah. And for me, that was really hard at the start. I think being an only child, I love human connection and I started thinking, what am I doing wrong? And I, I slipped up a few times. I, I started to become a people pleaser and really mm. lost my voice. I would start to drink more and party more and it just didn't serve me. So I realized that, you know, I'm enough who I am. And if I stay true on my path, I'll eventually find people like me. I think we all get caught up in this world that if we change, there's no one else out there. It's a lie. There are so many people out there like you. You just have to, number one, you know, acknowledge that you want to change. And now it just naturally, I'm in so much flow and alignment. I've got my spiritual people, my meditation people, people that I love to go and do yoga, Pilates with. And it just naturally happens. Because when you are being the light force and you are light, light is attracted to light. And so I don't attract dark people. I don't attract mm. victim mentality. I don't attract negative Nancys. They're out there, but I don't attract them because I am so 100% true to who I am. So I, I attract people that love plant medicine. I attract people that want to go on and have ceremony cacao sessions, that want to go on retreats and do all of those things. But yeah. if I kind of 
go back to my old ways of that darkness, I'll start to attract those people. So I guess to answer your question is that, yes, it's okay to change. It really is okay. If you are constantly growing and you're growing into a better person, you are going to change. Mm. Allow that to happen. I think too many people hold on to their old self and think that the same friends are going to nurture them like that. It doesn't happen. Yeah, it you are definitely happen. a measure of, 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 of your of the people you hang around with. You know, if you hang around Absolutely. with if you hang around with uh, Five vegans, you're going to become the sixth. <laughs> That's right. Hang around with five millionaires, you become the sixth. It's so true. Because it's you, so- especially if people are holding you to a high standard, like um, I've started changing my social group because I used to hang around with a lot of mechanics, used to drink and other stuff. I don't see them anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm going to the gym and meditating because the people that I'm hanging around with are doing that. I mean, I hadn't read a book for years. Till I started hanging around, um, you know, this, these particular people. And now I start I'm reading a book a week, you know, so it is definitely true. Right. Yeah. And, and how does your, how does your husband go with this? He's, um, I know Sonny quite well. I know he's quite health conscious, but he does slip up every now and again. Oh yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, Sonny was born with a severe heart condition mm-hmm. and I guess, you know, for Sunny, I guess now obviously being multiple uh, business owner, a, a husband, a father, you know, you get to a point in your life and he just said, you know, I really want to be the best version of me. I want to be switched on every day. I don't want to be foggy. I, 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 I want to be in control of my day. I don't want to allow the day to control me. Yep. So I truly believe that you can't be dogma about anything. And when I mean dogma, it's like you have to do this, you have to do that. Uh, I guess we've always been more pescatarian, to be honest. And, you know, Sonny just can see that I've got a lot more energy and he's embraced a lot of my modalities. He has. He has. But um, it's, it's purely out of him wanting to do it. Uh, and I guess, you know, he wants to be the best version. Does he go and have maybe a, gosh, a steak and, you know, <laughs> bacon Not with me. Not with me, he doesn't. He probably would, but, you know what, at the end of the day, He's got the tools now to literally, you know, start to feel better and flush that stuff out of his system. I guess before Sonny would go on benders and all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I'm not feeling good. He yeah. just knows his body so well. And um, and it's not worth the pain anymore. It's just not worth the pain, <laughs> to you be know? honest. Like, well, we used to go out drinking and you and it's fine at 20 because you recover really quick, but... You know, as you get in your thirties, you go out one night drinking. It takes you two or three days to get your balance back in your oh body. You know, it's just not worth the sacrifice because time's the most important thing. You don't want to waste it sitting on the couch. You know, trying oh to recover. It's awful, and you know, you got the kids, and you got your business, and you still want to have your own time. It's you just think, yeah, but that's the thing, Jeremy. Like when you're in those early twenties. You just think time's invincible. Mm. You don't think you're going to get old. And, and then you get to an age of like 40 and you're like, wow, I'm, I'm clicking on nearly 15. Yeah, I'm halfway, halfway to dead now. <laughs> so um, I just look at, I look at life really differently now and I just always want to be the best version. And for me doing that through food and helping other people have a relationship with food to be the best version of them, um, to me is, is the key to life. 
So, um, so what, what else did you say you were doing? You're doing yoga and meditation. I do yoga. I do meditation. I do um, ceremony cacao. I have a cacao every morning. So what's I that? Also- I saw some post on your Instagram about the the ceremony cacao. <laughs> every time I saw, it, I was like, oh, she's having a hot chocolate for breakfast. But well, what what like is it? That, oh, I guess to keep it really simple, it's it's really where chocolate came from. It comes yeah. from South America, from Peru, and it's just like the full on, I guess, husk of the mm-hmm. cacao. And, you know, that's when you have it in its most raw state. You can use it for making chocolate. I have it in a beautiful cacao drink. Um, And for me, because it's got so many nutrients in it and it's very good for opening up your heart chakra, it's really good for grounding. And for anyone that wants to get off coffee. But it's got um, got no caffeine in it. Is that right? Yeah, it's got a little bit of caffeine, a little bit of stimulant. Um, But it's, it's just full of nutrients. So for me now, when I look at a coffee, a normal coffee, I just see just caffeine. I don't see anything nutrient rich. Where when I have the cacao, I have all the other nutrients in it. um, And I just can't have coffee anymore. So I guess to keep it simple, go and check out Cacao Collective. I am an ambassador for them and I love what those guys are doing. And um, it's helped a lot of people. Sorry, I've, I've got to get used to talking on Zoom. I, it's, I've got to forget it's like a CB radio. You've got to let the other person talk first. I just cut people off all the time. I'm terrible. <laughs> but but when my, my question is, uh, I know cacao because I have it in my shakes with goji berries, but um, the, the ceremonial part, because when you first put that up, I was like, is that like there's like a little blessing beforehand or a set morning routine or... So every morning when we have it, Sunny and I have it on the couch. The kids have usually gone for, uh, to school. We put the, the mug on our heart. We set a beautiful intention for the day and just like really tune within, set a beautiful intention, and then we slowly sip on it. Oh, so it's just like some, some short, quick meditation. Short, quick meditation. Mm. And how long have you been doing that for? I've been having that now for about eight months, nine months. Feel better? Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Every, have one every morning. Every morning. And sometimes I have one in the afternoon about half past three, four o'clock. Um, but yeah, it's for me, it's part of my ritual. It's a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, everything, you know, I think, Jeremy, really life is all about it's all the little bits. Some people think it's one big thing that's going to be the difference in their life, in their health or in their business. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's all the little things. Oh, people yeah. People don't, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, like since for the last three months, mm-hmm. uh, I've been doing meditation every day. Uh, mm-hmm. trans, trans, trans and, mm, you know the one where you pitch yourself leaving your body and then going up into like, Trans- oh, yes. Transcendental, I think. I've been yeah. <coughs> exercising um, and just being a bit more mindful. And I find like meditation picks me up by about 15% in my performance. Uh, exercise is probably about the same. Um, mm-hmm. And watching what I eat is, is also picking my performance level. So it's all those 10% better here, 5% better here, 2% better here that will make you the best the best version and don't get me wrong sometimes it's can it's consuming like you 
to to do all those things and you don't always get them done, but you definitely feel a difference. And I think um, it takes time for people to actually feel it. You know, they expect, oh, I'm going to meditate for a week. I'll be all good. No, it takes mm. a few months. before, And then you start to really, really feel better, but you don't, you don't realize it unless you're already conscious of how you're feeling in the first place. Well, totally. And to me, everything's a practice. Like it, nothing was called yoga perfection. Mm. It's a yoga practice. It's a meditation practice. And you're exactly right. For me, I, I like, I'm all about getting quick wins in every day. So if I can get five to 10 quick wins every morning by 10 a.m., I'm feeling great. Yep. Number one, get the warm lemon drinking, get the celery juicing, get the cacao in, do the meditation in, in no specific order. You know, get a load of washing on, do this, do that. By 10 a.m., if I have done eight things already or 10 things off my list, I'm in so much of a better mindset rather than thinking, oh my gosh. So I, I, I always say to my clients, what are your 10 quick wins in the morning by 10 a.m.? And it's about having a game. Mm, you know, mm. it's not about, you know, well, we're like 80 to 90% water. A lot of people in this planet are walking around dehydrated. We all need 40 mils per kilo weight of water. So just say for argument, say I'm 50 kilos. I don't know what I am, but just say I'm 50. I need two and a half liters for my body to function. Every 30 minutes of exercise after that, I need 500 mils. So majority of people are dehydrated. Then they need the stimulant cycle dialed up. So they need the caffeine. They need the sugar because their body's looking for energy. Mm. So if just, even if you just drunk your water quota for the day, your life would miraculously change, Jeremy. That's just adding water. Mm, mm. you get what I mean and, and you know you need it for your colon elimination your kidneys your skin health everything so I always say to people number one what's your water intake like you know have a you know and then the the BS stories come up you know the bullshit stories oh I don't want to pee I don't want to do this I'm going to be you know blah 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 that goes I, away after like, about a week yeah because they're constantly to pee because it's trying to get all the toxin out Exactly. So I say to people, go and buy two BPA-free uh, water bottles, get two different colours, two two litres, okay, and drink the pink one by midday and drink the blue one by six o'clock. And you just trick your mind. You think, well, I just have to drink the pink one by two, uh, 12 o'clock and drink the blue one by six. Mm. Like that, you've done four litres. But if people think, oh, I have to drink four litres, they will create the stories. They will create the negative mindset. So everything's about keeping it simple. Mm, mm. Everything's about keeping it simple. Health isn't hard. We've all overcomplicated the heck out of it. But at the end of the day, it's all about your body wanting to be energized and have energy. It knows what it needs to do. We've overcomplicated it. The media's overcomplicated it. Just literally have... <laughs> Eat a rainbow of food, drink your water quota, you know, eat for your three systems of health, immune system, gut system, your digestive system, and your brain function. Yeah. You know, you start to eat like that, you will feel amazing. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. No, it's not. 
Same as losing weight, just use more calories than you put in. It's, it's simple maths, really. <laughs> it's simple maths. It's just that people overcomplicate they it. They do. So, or, the, yeah. or, the, or the ego says, no, we, we want to try and do as much as we can to conserve energy, so we'll try and cheat our way to losing weight. Oh. And that's just yeah. your ego because your ego is trying to limit the amount of energy your brain exerts, which is, mm-hmm. you know, what it's supposed to do, but we have to overcome it. Yeah, but you're all you're you're also an amazing entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Online business for for quite a few years, and you've mm-hmm. just recently switched. So, what was the what got you into uh, online marketing, and and what business were you doing before, and and, and what are you doing now? Yeah, thank you. Well, I guess about eight years ago, I was looking for something that I could do online, work around the kids, and. You know, I guess for me, Sunny just said, you know what, it would be great for you to create an extra income. You know, we both obviously when we got married and decided to have a family that, you know, I would be the the person at home to obviously look after the kids. But mm-hmm. you know, I think having another income these days, Jeremy, it's an it's a necessity. You you need it to survive. Mm-hmm. So about eight years ago I looked at the online market, the online space, <clears throat> and I, I worked with um, some different products. And I guess I really created a brand around that within the health and well-being sector. And I love that. It was all about really inspiring people to go on a journey of having more vitality, having more fruits and vegetables and different things. And I really loved it. Created a lot of success within that, within seven years. And um, I guess last year was my seven-year cycle. I truly believe that things happen in that seven-year cycle. And Mm. I guess I wanted to go more down the plant medicine um, way, but I didn't know what that was or what that looked like. And late la- last year, I did a lot of uh, inner child work. I did a lot of plant medicine research. I went and got certified as a raw vegan chef. I did a lot of detox courses. And it really came apparent to me that, you know, majority of people are in pain. And if I could find a product that could support that and help them with that, and especially around that the hemp space and helping people balancing cannabinoid system. Um, there's something that really floated my boat. So I looked in to see what was happening more in the online space. And I really got into the, the space of aligning with, a, with some hemp products. Um, so really now, you know, what I get to do is, is number one, support people with taking hemp. People think hemp and marijuana is the same. It's not. I don't want to mm-hmm. get into that. That's completely different. And so I help people with, um, with, it, with, with our hemp products. I help people with our food coaching. Um, you know, I also am a co-founder of a vitality cleanse that we run every month. So really now I have multiple income streams with different products and services that I use. And I truly believe that the online space has a really magical platform for that if you know how to use it properly it's not about spraying and praying. It's not about just cold marketing and, and, and approaching people. It's about adding value, number one, to people's lives. Mm-hmm. It's about education to people's lives. And number three, it's about making people laugh. <laughs> Sunny yeah. loves to do that on social media. <laughs> so for me, I, you know, my business just happens organically and naturally, to be honest, because you know, I'm very real. I'm very authentic on my social media and in my business and people gravitate towards me 
and want to work with me and align with me with my products and my services. Yeah. And to me, that's really what the online space is about, adding value and educating people with your products and your services. Yeah, and this is the same for every industry out there. If you think that your industry is different and that you shouldn't be educating people in the industry, you are 100% wrong because we all, in no matter industry, we get all asked the same questions over and over again. And if you can answer that online, then you become a reputable source of, of honesty and, and truth and people will want to work with you. I found that in my industry. Val, have you, have you found that? Yeah, absolutely. You have to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's when you really have to, you have to love what you do, Jeremy, you know, and I think with online, it's not about faking it till you're making it because you can't keep wearing that armor. You can't keep wearing that mask. Oh, it'd be exhausting. It's exhausting. And I never wanted to be this person on online. And then people meet me face to face and think, damn she's someone different face to face oh no you're, you're definitely not different you're the same <laughs> i'm the same and i never want people to think oh my gosh she's just out there scoffing and eating food and not giving a no what you see is what you get and even more as you know so for me how i show up online and i'm exactly the same face to face it's true it's true like for everyone listening, I went, I went to Val's house. I couldn't find any black tea or sugar <laughs> or any normal milk or any coffee or anything like that. So she does live, live, she does live yeah. what she preaches for sure. Oh, yeah. I think you've got some tea bags now. Oh, you've put some away for me. That's good. <laughs> but that's one thing I'm finding hard to give up is sugar. Yeah. I find it really hard to give up sugar. Um, it's addictive like it's really it's in everything and yeah like uh, I don't feel right if I don't have a cup of tea in the morning with with sugar in it I feel low and I'm I'm guessing it's it just takes that time to break that addiction like with smoking and stuff like that I suppose it's the same it just takes a few days to your body to adjust to it when it's looking for replacements if you're prepared to go down that path when mm. I've stopped you know, when I stopped the sugar or wanted to reduce the sugar, I started using like a, a stevia or a rice malt syrup or a honey in my coffee, you know, mm. and then eventually I, I got off that and I didn't need anything and then I slowly got off the caffeine. It just comes down to a choice, Jeremy. But mm. the thing is with sugar, it is in everything. It's in our tin food. It's in our tomato sauce. It, it's in so many foods that people don't realise. Um and it's very addictive and yeah when you completely go cold turkey with it you will get the headaches you will get detox signs yeah it's it's called the ketosis flu i think isn't it because your body starts using other other fat resources in your body than 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 sugar in your bloodstream yeah it's one of those things and it keeps people ticking over doesn't it like caffeine but it's Mm. I always say to people, you know, look at what you put into your mouth from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, write a food journey or a diary and you will be very surprised because there's a lot of big, there's a lot of pickers out there that cause big knickers. (laughs) What do you mean by that? 
Well, what I mean is a lot of people just pick in a, a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and all of a sudden they've had so much sugar. Mm. Where And sometimes that can really put the weight on. I remember a girlfriend telling me that, Michelle Nazaroff, you know, little pickers, big knickers. And a lot of people say, I don't eat a lot, and I'm still holding on to a lot of fat and a lot of toxic weight. You know, but they pick all day, and it's all the wrong food. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Now you're making right? me think about what I eat every day now. <laughs> I want to see your food diary. <laughs> you don't want to see my food diary. <laughs> it's interesting when you've got to be accountable to yourself and you've got to write it down and how much water. You know, there's a lot of people not pooing out there and they're just one toxic mess. Yeah. That's a whole other story. Gosh. Yeah, before I started doing my water intake, I was just like, I'm too busy. Or yeah. I don't, I'm so busy that I don't remember to drink water, yeah. you know, and I suppose it's, again, it all comes down to consciousness, you know, consciousness of, of what you're doing and, yeah. and stuff like that. So you, do you find now that your food bill has increased, that, that you're buying all these good, healthy products and fresh vegetables I, and stuff? I think I just... I'm very good at creating meals, making them healthy, making them last, turning um, leftovers into something amazing. Our food bill is approximately three to three fifty every week, um, and I shop. That's for four food. people with a grown. Oh, let me reiterate: with a grown man who eats a lot. Yeah, <laughs> eats a lot and two growing kids. Yeah. And we don't buy takeaway. The kids have never had, um, but the kids have never had cool drink in their life. The kids have never had a lunch order. That's making um, their lunches every day, breakfast every day, mm -hmm. everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. smoothies, juices, everything. So do they you know, give you? Do they give you a bit of kickback? They're not teenagers well, yet, are they? No, no. We have a twelve-year-old and a nine-year-old, but wow, they've got an appetite on them. What happens when they start to rebel? Oh, well. Because um, if they've, been, well, this is my way of thinking. If they've been denied that up until teenage years, mm. then are they just going to go full on? Um, look, I know the day is going to come when they want a can of soft drink. I realize that. Um, yes. Have they had McDonald's before? Yes, they have. They had a, haven't had it in about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, Jeremy, everything comes down to education. So when I make them their food or when they have their smoothie, I explain the goodness of English spinach, why cucumber is good for their hair, their nails, why avocado is good and different things. So yeah. for me, you know, at the end of the day, they, these little people that are just our mini me's, they have these tools. And Quentin now will say to us, you know, mommy, I just ate too much at the barbecue last night. I just I feel really heavy today. Can I eat lighter today? Mm. Like, so, you know, for me, everything is about education. And, you know, they'll go to parties and if they want to overindulge, and I'll just say, guys, if you want to eat the party food, that's totally up to you. But my number one rule is don't come home and complain to me. You are in charge of what you eat. And, you know, that's on you. Mm. But you get a sore tummy, but that's up to you. Mm. Mm. 
it's it's not about being once again dogma it's about education and giving them i guess the fundamental reason around why eating like that but at the end of the day you know i'm not going to say don't do this don't do that i'm going to say if you want to eat that shanika that's fine but you know what it, you could get a sore tummy because you, you're not used to eating like that yeah yeah it's just it's a different way of explaining things yeah, so yeah. when you you're gonna go into <clears throat> you're gonna go into your boy's room and find a hidden can of coke, and and have to have a talk about that instead of sitting down and talking about the first time you find marijuana in, in your teenager's room, because <laughs> it'll be like I, I'm disappointed that you're having coke. I think for me, um, if they just wanted a can of coke, I would sooner them come to me and just say, "Look, Mum, I want to try it. I hate lime." Yeah, I'm same really as me. Happy. I said, if my kid, if, if William yeah. wants to say, hey, I want to I wanna have a cigarette, I'll be like, well, let's go get some and you can see how terrible it is. <laughs> Why do you want to have that, William? You know, what, what's yeah. the reasoning around that? Is it, do you feel pressured at school? It what might be just that I want to try it. Well, yeah, curious. Yeah. I, think, I think asking questions, empowering questions is always the key. Mm. 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 Asking questions around that. Well, it definitely changes you as you get older, doesn't it? Yeah. The way so you think. Yeah, everything, you know, and I guess when you become a parent, it's, it's different again, isn't it? You know, it's what you do, how you eat, what you think, what music you listen to, personal development. They are watching every step of the way. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> I even remember <clears throat> someone told me that, even when you talk to your children, bend down and talk to them eye to eye, you know, and that has made a big difference. Rather, when they were little, always just looking down on them yeah. because they're always looking up. So I'd kneel down and I'd say, Quentin, how do you feel about this? Mm. Now, asking children how do they feel is a big thing because in this day and age, Jeremy, people can't express their emotions. You know, they feel trapped. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden they, they go and do different things to feel like they're expressed and it might not be the right way. That's like every night before William goes to bed for 10 minutes, I say to him, you know, were you angry today? Were you happy? Were you sad? And he'll tell me, you know, oh, I was happy today. Oh, what happened? And then we have a really good conversation. I've also been uh, reading, uh, listen, well, reading. I say reading when I talk about Audible all the time, but um, I was listening to a book by a girl called Vanessa LaPont. She's like a child psychiatrist. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, she says exactly the same stuff. Make eye contact, get down on your knees because your child doesn't know how to regulate when they're losing their shit. You can't yeah. actually reason with them. You just have to hold them and make them feel that they're in a safe place, you know? But when we were kids, tantrum got, you know, stop that, <laughs> be quiet, stop crying. And it just didn't work, you know? Well, at the end of the day, every human being wants to be, uh, feel safe, feel they're good enough and know that they're loved. Yeah. That, that's it is. It, it's, they just want to feel loved and good enough. And the moment that when that child doesn't feel loved or connected, they will go and do things to, to get the, I guess, get their parents' uh, um, attention. They'll go and be naughty. They'll do this, they do that. Because guess what? It gives them attention. Yeah. So if you can always create safety within the home, if you can talk to your children like they are little people and just say, 
you know, what's going on today? Why did you do that? How are you feeling? I'm feeling sad. Okay. And it's all about peeling them back like an onion, you know, and getting to the root cause. I think, I think that our children from, from, from all the knowledge are going to be absolute superstars compared <laughs> to us. Just from all the stuff, you know, all the different things we're doing to, to, to raise kids in a different way, you know. Um, but look, it's been amazing talking to you today. Um, if people, uh, if any listeners want to get in touch with you, uh, more interested to work with you or, or anything like that, um, you haven't written a book, have you, Val? I'm not sure. No, it's, no, not yet. Not I'm yet. Not. You're in the process. Okay. But if they want to contact you through social or Facebook or anything, where can they find you? Yeah, just go to ValerieGamer underscore on Instagram or ValerieGamer on Facebook. You know, Instagram is probably more my jam. Um, but yeah. Honestly, Instagram, check me out. Send me a DM. I've got a landing page and website coming out soon as well. So, and, and Val, Val will personally answer your DMs too. She doesn't have a PA or anything like that. She's all one-on-one. Everything is one-on-one. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you saying? Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for allowing me to come on. Oh, no. It's been, I've been trying to get you on since, uh, since I first started doing the podcast. So um, I'll put all those... Um, those links in the in the show notes for everyone as well. It's been a pleasure and I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you soon, Val. Yeah, thank you. Have a good one. Bye for See now. See ya.